Welcome to the Numbers Game. I'm Jason and I'm here with Marty and Nick. How are you going, Marty? Going well, Jace. Going well. Another day, another podcast, but we always uh, look to make it interesting. And I think we will uh, really uh, enhance your knowledge today. Nick, how are you? I'm well, mate. Yeah, looking forward to today's topic. Really um, relevant given what's happening in the world with inflation, rising cost of living, um, interest rates going up and people actually getting put off, believe it or not in a lot of big businesses so yeah looking forward to unpacking some of the stuff we're going to today how are you jace really good yeah just full of energy and uh, just pumped that we've kept going after episode 100 i think uh don't know whether people thought we're just gonna you know raise the bat and retire but we haven't we're here we're going to continue to deliver as much value as we can and uh, i'm excited for this episode led by nick um, before we jump into it, just going to say that this one's proudly brought to you by Future Advisory, my great team that allow me to be here with you guys, um, and you know they're there, you know looking after the financial well-being of uh, many Australian taxpayers, making sure the ATO get exactly what they're meant to get, not a dollar more, not a dollar less. So we like to make sure that's all uh, kept nice and uh, nice and kosher. So futureadvisory.com.au if you want to check out what we do and what we're about and uh, always happy to help out the awesome listeners of the Numbers Game. With that in mind, Nick, how are we helping the listeners of the Numbers Game today? What do we got? Well, we're talking about financial well-being in the workplace and or the impact that it has on the workplace. So I think as much as helping um, consumers, this is helping business owners. Sure. And this is something that... Um, I wanted to talk about because as a business, we are now offering a service to corporates and that's going really well. So the feedback um, that we're getting means there's actually a need there and I thought it was inter- it would be interesting to talk about it. So we will go into a, uh, a business, let's say they've got 50 staff and we will present to the staff on financial wellbeing. So um, basic things, budgeting, savings, uh, how to get into a property if that's what you want to do. Um, putting money away for the future, what does that all look like? And it's been interesting is probably the best way to to describe it, but there's just such a lack of understanding for a lot of people on how to manage money. And we, you know, we are financial planners and, again, I've spoken about this prior, but uh, a lot of people associate financial planners with, okay, where do I invest my money mm. if I'm wealthy? But it's so much more than that. And going in and doing these wellbeing seminars, you understand – how so many people don't have the basics um, down pat. So it's really important that I think groups like us continue to to go out to businesses and, and, and talk about this sort of stuff. But why it's relevant at the moment, you've got inflation. So everyone's paying more for their groceries and their fuel. You've got interest rates going up. Everyone's paying more on their home and investment loans. And then just of, 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 of late, you've got a lot of businesses that are, that are putting staff off. So I think you spoke about... Atlassian, um, Jace, the other day put how much of their workforce? They, they knocked off 500. 500, zero. How many? 800. 800. So, yep. you know, there's been so much. Facebook, another 10,000. Yeah. So this On is significant. On top of the already so, 20, 30,000. So it's, it's or yep. 10,000. Yeah. Couple Huge. that with a increasing mortgages, increasing food and fuel, increasing utility bills. So there's a lot of people that are stressed about money, which is fair enough. So I think as as employers or as business owners, we need to be aware of that. And what's actually happened, there's a move now that it's not all about mental health. So the mental health move, the good culture, we've seen that come. Now you're seeing the financial wellbeing, um, I guess, not move. That's the that's not what I'm trying to say, but businesses having responsibility for their financial wellbeing. 
So I found a study in Canada. So this is why businesses should pay attention to this stuff. Mm. I found a study that was done in Canada um, and they found that the financially unwell spent a third of their work time worrying about finances. Mm. Almost half of employees are distracted at work by financial concerns. And this is the big one for employers. Employers are 16% less likely to engage at work when struggling financially. So yeah. put that into some numbers. So $100,000 salary, which isn't a lot these days, not in this country anyway. Mm. If you're losing 16% of that per annum, do the maths, that's $16,000. Let's say you've got, you might need to do the numbers here, Jace, because you're the accountant. Let's say you've got 50 staff, so a third of your staff um, are financially unhealthy, according to this stat. What's a third of 50 times 16000 $800,000. That's that's in eight hundred thousand dollars in productivity you have lost. So I'm not saying that's a big number. Yeah. So I'm not saying by being aware of that it's going to fix that, but I think we need to understand as employers and as business owners, there's a lot that we know that uh, our employer our employees mm. don't. So you know we can help them through things like financial wellbeing programs, and a lot of big corporates are, are looking at this now. Um, so couple of other studies, there was one, uh, and, and another one done in, in the US. Uh, there's a significant disconnect between employees and employees in their perception of financial well-being support in the workplace. So this is another thing to talk about. Traditionally, it's always been about super and salary sacrifice. So I'm a big corporate. I get a company to come in to manage my staff's super and then talk about salary sacrifice, which can reduce tax. But it's not about that anymore. It's about the day-to-day money management. Mm. So what people are looking for is um, apps. So how do I manage my money? How do I budget? How do I do that for an app? How do I make sure I've got money put aside each week to pay the bills? How do I make sure that I've got an emergency fund, that if the car breaks down and I need to fix it, I've got the money there and it doesn't impact my day-to-day life? How do I put money away for my kids' education? That's a big thing that's going to come up in the next six years. How do I plan for that? So it's really stripping back wealth not not talking about wealth but day-to-day money management Mm. and that's where people need the most help so i think it's a um i think it's something that's going to be huge over the next few years particularly over the next 12 months and it's becoming part of that corporate responsibility along with esg along with um um, having um um what's the word i'm looking for Uh, a healthy culture um but also healthy people. Like that was a big move the last two or three years, even longer. You've seen a lot of businesses bringing in apps where their staff could um, maintain their health through the app. Um, yeah. There was quite a few of them. We even tried it ourselves. It didn't really work for us. But this is the next thing, being financially healthy. Um, but as a business owner, don't think about it as, oh, shit, that's another thing we've got to pay for. Think about the ROI that you're mm. going to get and think about that productivity number that we just spoke about, 800 grand over 50 staff and that wouldn't be a crazy scenario that'd be a lot of businesses and a lot of businesses would have more staff than that that's us at 50 staff at those kind of revenues uh, or income levels so thoughts on that what are you saying jace you talk to a lot of businesses so yeah it's it's definitely are you financially healthy well me personally that's what i was going to get into no um this actually triggered some memories of when i was an employee at my last accounting firm before i started my own journey and there, and that wasn't even about starting the journey. I had got myself into credit card debt. We'd talked about that before. Yep. 
And I'd actually spend time at work trying to figure out what credit card I could roll over or how I could make the next repayment. You know, could I go and ask my boss for an advance on my next my next paycheck? Mm. So the fact that, you know, as you read it out and said, you know, that actually reduces productivity and people, your employees at work may be worried about their finances, I was one of them. And I was an accountant, right? Like, so, you know, mm. I've changed guys. If you are listening, I'm a great accountant now. And my team's actually a lot better than me. So that's all good. But this is real. And, and I, I can actually see it in real life examples where I've, I've heard stories from clients and other firms where employees have come to them with a copy of their home loan statement and gone, my interest has gone up. I'm really struggling. You know, can you help me or what do I do? And I think a lot of the time, you know, the, the impulse reaction from a lot of business owners may be to think, shit, I've got to give a pay rise. But it doesn't have to be that you have to give a pay rise. Imagine if your employees were financially educated and they understood their budget or if they even had a budget full stop. Because, I mean, the percent of people out there that don't have a budget and are flying blind and living paycheck to paycheck, imagine the impact of having somebody come into your organization and educate your team on how to do that. So I love it. And from a timeliness point of view of you bringing this up, I was at, I mentioned a few over the last couple of weeks, I was at an accounting and business expo. And I believe her name was Emma Bassett. She founded a business called Utax. And what she does is she was going into some big corporates and doing deals with them to get to present to their employees on the best way to help their tax situation, how to maximize their deductions, how to look after the bits of paperwork they need to do. So even like doing your tax is a stressful thing for a lot of employees and, and a lot of business owners. So again, a bit of education around that. I think she goes beyond just mm. how to do your tax return and gets into the financial wellbeing stuff as well, uh, where she can. She was a licensed financial planner as well. So I'm sure she goes beyond just the tax stuff that I would be licensed to talk about. But I, I think, you know, even looking at who she's partnered with and just go, there are some great big businesses that obviously are doing that because they care about their employees, yep. but there is a clear win or you know, positive impact for the employer and for their bottom line is that they'll have focused employees that are not distracted and not you know, financially unwell. Yeah, and here's, a, here's something that came out of the study which I found really interesting. Um, so lower paid employees have a low level of trust in their employer. Mm. Employers are more likely to think favorably of their employer and also stay longer if they feel they are financially supported. So to your point, it's not about income. Mm. It can be just being supported. I found that line, that really resonated with me because if someone's not earning a lot of money, they're thinking, oh, the boss earns all the money. You know, I'm on a shitty salary, so I don't really trust, I don't really trust them. So it's not just about uh, the mental health. It's not just about um, the productivity, but... They actually buy into your business and they understand yeah. that you do care about the culture and you do care about them because you're doing these things that are completely outside of their day-to-day life or their day-to-day job or what you need to actually provide. It's you know, you can't you can give someone a thousand dollars and if they don't know what to do with it, it'll be gone in a week. Yeah. If you educate someone, then they'll know what to do with it and they'll turn it into twenty thousand dollars over the next 10 years so it's far more important than you know giving someone a pay rise to plug a plug a hole you're just hitting all the main points it's uh financial literacy in australia no doubt throughout the world it's a big issue even through you know schools and you're starting to see people pull people out of kids out of private schools and stuff because they're they're financially illiterate to to Mm. a degree so Mm. so to me i always come back to you know the employee earns a certain amount of dollars 
and that's not always that's not always easy to increase when you're in a job dramatically, mm. uh, given the circumstances that are going on. And if you've got expenses going up, people are in fight or flight mode, yeah. And and you know they start to panic. They're in survival mode instead of being fluent in their in their workplace and and in their life. And like even I saw a stat on credit card debt that ha- that had inc- increased over the last six months by four point five a billion dollars it was like a 17 like people are actually utilizing their credit cards so it's like they're not changing the habit they're now they're now they're trying to keep their habits intact by you know now using debt and then what happens they chase bad debt after bad debt Mm. to try and maintain Mm. that and eventually they they fall off the cliff so now that's that's an extremity there what, what i'm describing but it shows you how difficult it is to change your financial habits. So, and you don't know what you don't know. So, having mm. someone, having your your employer teach people about you know financial opportunities, how to budget effectively, how to cut costs effectively, mm. where to cut costs, how to invest for the future, how to play out a six month term, how to survive. You know, it, it's like it all it all plays a part in that support mechanism that you talk about, Nick. And I think. Um, we just don't do that well enough in companies. We don't do that well enough at schools and um, and, and supporting people in general. And I think there's, there's a massive opportunity to do a lot of good in that space. Um, and we're very passionate about that because we know that when people know they have a better option, they'll take it. Right, but if they don't know, they don't know, and they'll get into trouble. That's 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 a great point, and it's worth mentioning um, an, an example. And this is the first time we did one of these seminars, and uh, it was a group of around a hundred staff. We split it up into a few groups, but the the owner of the business who I knew, um, when he rang me, he said, "Nick, he said I've got these kids here. He said they're earning close to a hundred thousand dollars, and they're always complaining they don't have any money. And he said I see them come back from Smoko, and they've spent twenty dollars at Smoko." I see them come back from lunch and they've spent 25 bucks at lunch. So they're spending 200 bucks a week mm. just on going down to the shop, getting a Red Bull can, getting a Gatorade, getting a pie. Next thing you know, you're $20 down and it's only smoker. It's not even lunchtime yet. So what I'm hoping what we can do is go in there and just explain the power of not spending 100 of that. You know, maybe maybe spend... 100 bucks a week or mm. 80 bucks a week on your lunches bring the rest from home what would 100 bucks a week do over the next 10 years yeah. and to your point money they probably not have never been exposed to that so if you can expose them to where they can be by making some small changes particularly at a young age and I've spoken about this a lot on the podcast but my passion is making those little changes early because I didn't do it because I wasn't aware of it. And if I knew what I knew now in my mid-20s, I'd be in a completely different mm. position financially. So for me, it's it's not just about going in there and fixing a problem. Yep. Um, that's obviously part of it for some people. But it's also showing Strategies particularly for life, for kids, kids the opportunities they have yep. on with not a great deal amount of money. You don't need to be on 200000 to put yourself to set yourself up for life. You know, you can, you can be on 60,000, 80,000. It's all about timing and how early you start. So yeah. creating that awareness of where people can actually be and actually giving them some numbers and showing them. And it blows their mind when they see mm. some of the numbers that we put up. So I think that's the most powerful thing. Like everything you've said there, I can I can um, definitely relate to and just go, you know, talk about go down the shop and buy the Red Bull, mm. you know, grab some sushi on the way past the shops. You know, you didn't do meal prep again for another week. You know, you're going to buy your lunch every day. And when you think about it one week, 
50, 100, 200 bucks. Oh, you know, no big deal. Two weeks, mm. 50 weeks. And all of a sudden you map that out over a bigger period of time and show what that money could have done if it was elsewhere. Uh, that yeah. has the powerful impact. And again, I'm the same as you, Nick. I wish somebody showed me that when I was mm. 18, 19, 20, 25, mm. 27, 30. Recently started to understand it now and, you know, pulling back a little bit. Case, if we can start meal prepping again, that'd be great if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so no, I think, you know, what you're doing there is is absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, having seen the difference that our services make in people's lives, that, and again, you know, you innovate in yourselves, your message that you've touched on is it's not about the wealthy using a financial advisor to, mm. to get ahead. It's actually the people who need it the most are the ones that are doing it a little bit tough and do need a hand with their budget. And it does not have to be expensive to get started. Yeah. And it and to that point too, we're also looking at different demographics. So, you know, you might go into a business like we did, the one I was just talking about, 100 staff. Mm. Uh, they had a few staff um, that was sort of age 20 to 30 some age 30 to 40, but a majority were aged sort of 45 to 50 plus. So they were they they were sorted financially. They had a handle on things, but they had no idea what retirement looked like. So you, know, you can you can actually tweak the education that you give. And I know I did say it's not all about super, but for some people, they want to understand that. They want yep. to understand what the path to retirement looks like because most of them don't know. They're just working and they're hoping things are going to pan out. So... We can't. We are, uh, I guess, changing the presentation up based on the on the demographic, and it's working really well. Um, but again, what that makes you realise is the gap in knowledge between one person to the next to the next. Yep. You know, all these things you think are just common sense. Um, they seem like common sense for us because we're in it every day. But if you're not exposed to it, you don't know. So, yep. and persistence and resilience on a strategy. Once you get the education, like mm. you said, that we talk about in other episodes, that compound effect. You're putting forty bucks away a week, and it's over forty years, and you have the habit of doing that eight yep. percent return. And like that's the strategy. You don't have to worry about what the market's doing and mm. getting emotional from day to day. You've got a clear strategy for the long term and you know what it's going to do for you. And it's always surprises people to see what that compounding effect is in 30, 40 years, you know, particularly with young people. And it's um, and once they know it, they make better choices because they want to be set up by the time they're 45, by the time they're 55. And um, that education certainly wasn't around in the school days when I was growing up. But now Charlie, 20 bucks a week, gets put away. He knows the return on it. He knows the outcome. Because again, just that fiscal education mm. allows him to see how money can work for you rather than you work for yep. money. And um, it's one basic tool, but I, you know, I hope that he carries that for the rest of his life with anything he yep. wants to do. And, and where, where are you going to – you could spend that on lollies. Yeah, and I'm I'm talking real basic here, but mm. you can spend that on toys, or you can put it away and set yourself up. So maybe there's a balance, maybe a mm. little bit on lollies. Yeah. But and look, Charlie also listens to every episode of the Numbers Game, apart from the one where you drop the f bomb. So uh, yeah, we had to ban <laughs> we had to ban that one. Yeah, from, yeah. Uh, the, the household. For Nick, um, curious myself, if there's a business owner out there that has a, a big team and they're worried about the financial well being, or an employee out there listening who thinks that could benefit their whole organization. Is this something people should reach out to you or innovate yep. to organize? Definitely. And it doesn't have to be a big team. Yep. We, we presented to eight um, last week. Awesome. Um, the director was an existing client and wanted us to come and talk to his staff. Um, so yeah, definitely. And we can, again, we can cater for all different demo demographics and we can tweak the presentation to make sure it's relevant. 
Um, sometimes we run two or three presentations for one group. Yep. Um, and we run different presentations based on age groups and whatnot. So, yep, we can help all businesses, um, big or small. No, love it. There's a big impact that can be had from that for those businesses and the people there. So, yeah, I think that's a fantastic thing you guys are doing. And um, and I'm generalizing, but if we save 10000 you know, on a mortgage for someone and we create 10000 through an investment, it doesn't matter what it is, but they get the strategy piece and it's healthier in the workplace and it helps the business owner as well as the yeah. team. Then there's, yeah, there's so much value to be added. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just effective. As a, and again, as a business owner, we, t- we take it for granted because all of, most of our staff are in this game. Correct. But as a business owner, you actually have to think about this you now. Do. The bigger corporates are doing it. It's up there with mental health. It's up there with ESG. Um, so it's up there with physical health as well. And, just that stat alone, 16% productivity oh. gone. So you think about how hard it is, number one, to find staff, yep. number two, to retain them. If you're then losing 16% of productivity, then what's that doing to your bottom line? So you know, I'd urge you to really think about this as a business owner um, if you've got staff. Yeah, it's an employee value proposition, but it's also a real accelerator for the business, treating your people well in that, in that financial aspect of well-being. So very good. Absolutely love it. It's uh, once again an example of how listening to the numbers game can provide some great value in your life and uh, potentially getting two of the superstars of the show out to the business to uh, talk to people live and in the flesh, which is uh, really exciting to have been in the studio with you guys uh, to record a couple of eps. And uh, to our listeners, once again, thank you for tuning in and listening. We love having you as part of the numbers game audience. And please subscribe, like, follow. We're due for a couple of five-star reviews, actually, whether you on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever you're doing. So don't forget to uh, jump in and give us your feedback. Hopefully all good. And uh, until next time. Game over.